Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus, a Bible study uh, right here on our website. And we pray that because you have come to our website today that you will stay with us for the next half hour. Uh, I believe you will be intrigued and I believe you will be informed and I believe you will be inspired. Amen. I remember hearing the story of a little boy, a pastor's son, in fact, true story. And he... he, He had heard his wife pray for her husband to inspire the people as she prayed for him as he preached. Lord, please help my husband inspire us today. Amen. So the little boy prayed a little bit different. He said, Lord, please help my daddy perspire the people today. Sometimes the word of God will make us sweat, won't it? It will be specific to us. In fact, the Bible said all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for rebuke and for reproof and for correction and for instruction in righteousness. Well, we want to be instructed in righteousness. We want to, we want to hear from God as we go back into this subject that is so important today. And it's God's holy instructions for end time believers. This is the second edition of this teaching. Our text is in 1 Peter chapter 4. I'd like you to read all of that chapter, if you would, to get the context of all of this. But we're going to begin once again at verse 7 for holy instructions for in time believers. Well, it begins with verse 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Now, that wasn't just for us in the last days, the perilous times, the last of the last days, the end times, but it began, I believe, and many scholars have told us on the day of Pentecost, the, the, the actually beginning of the end. Now, it's been going on for a long time. That means that the coming of the Lord is very, very soon indeed. Listen to this. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober. We dealt with that last week. If you want to go back in your study and pick that study up, it's still up on our website online. But this today is the second principle of of instructions to us in the end times. Be ye therefore sober and Watch unto prayer and watch unto prayer in verse 7. Listen, if there's one great weapon in our arsenal, one great uh, resource that we have that is underrated and underused. Oh, uh, there's a lot of talk about it. People talk about prayer all the time. Amen. A lot of people say prayers, appropriate prayers for appropriate situations. Some read the prayer because they want to get the word specific, and some just say the prayer. I remember the story of one man who was uh, praying over the church service, and he was not an educated man, and he didn't pronounce 
all of the words that he prayed uh, in the proper English. He and someone confronted him, <laughs> as they always do uh, after the service, and said, "Do you realize that you pronounced this word wrong?" And he looked back with a smile and a twinkle in his eye. He said, "Well, I wasn't talking to you." He was sure, you see, that God understood exactly what he was saying, and the pronunciation wasn't so important. What was important was that I've always believed that prayer is not just what happens in your head and your mouth. It begins in your heart, and the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Watching unto prayer, watching unto prayer, watching unto prayer. Friend, these days, these last days demand that we are connected to our source. Prayer is the God connection. I like what the Amplified said. It said, alert, therefore, for the practice of prayer. The New Testament tells us to pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean to go around all day long mumbling a prayer. It would be hard to conduct your business always mumbling a prayer to God. People wouldn't be able to understand you. <laughs> well, they'd get you. They'd say that person's off their rocker. Now, it's not talking about never stopping praying. It means never, ever stop utilizing the power and privilege of prayer. Never cease to utilize the power and privilege of prayer. You know, Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. Amen. Uh, every, with, uh, let, the, 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 the problem is worry. The answer is committing it to God through prayer. Amen. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that comes upon you. We know the trials are coming. We're living in the time of great trial and testing. Amen. Through much tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God. In this world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, these principles are necessary for our peace of mind now and our power over the enemy of our soul and our victory. Men ought always to pray, Jesus said. Hence, pray without ceasing. Always use the power and privilege of prayer in all things the scripture teaches with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto god and the peace of god that passes all understanding will keep that word keep is like a, a fortress a, a mighty bulwark <laughs> amen a mighty walled city a keep because it keeps the enemy out and keeps you safe in. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. In all things, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Amen. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Every conquering Christian, dear friend, in every generation has been a prayer warrior. I want to say that again. I'm not talking about every Christian uh, because a lot of Christians today, in fact, are losing battles that God has provided for us the resources 
and that we need to win them. The armor we need, the, the, the privilege of prayer that we have, amen. Every conquering Christian in every generation has been a prayer warrior. And we have not, the scripture said, because we ask not. We ask and receive not because we ask to consume it on ourselves. Someone has said this, and I agree, the times are desperate, but the church is not. We talk about a, a prayer, prayer breakfast, a prayer, uh, a, a, a prayer dinner, a prayer luncheon, uh, but uh, it's all connected to something that is consumed on us. But friend of mine, we need the kind of intercession today, amen, that will call upon God for a visitation by the Holy Spirit, an intervention by the Spirit of God, because we realize our argument isn't with flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. I have been chided uh, by other ministers for holding out for a revival in my generation. I'm, I'll be 75 years old in January. Amen. Listen, and I have not given up on seeing a revival in America and a revival around the world. I believe in a last day harvest of souls just before the coming of Jesus Christ, just before the door to the ark is closed because of the great tribulation breaking upon the earth. Oh, friend of mine, the harvest is white unto harvest. In other words, if we don't get it now, it's going to be forever lost. This involves where souls spend eternity. How, how, can, how, can we, how can we actually believe uh, that if we just have the right person in office, and we need a better person in office, uh, we need the best person we can vote for and get in office, but how can we believe, whether it be a Republican, Democrat, a Christian, or non-Christian, that, that that person can be our Savior of this nation? Friend of mine, the only Savior for this nation is Jesus Christ. They knew it in the inception of this nation. Amen. And without prayer and without intercession, the enemy takes ground and he holds ground. And we need to take that ground back from him. Praise God. L listen, I, I'm, I'm going off knowing I'm not either. This is going to, this is a context for how vitally important prayer is. Ephesians 6.10, we do not argue against flesh and blood. Never forget that. The flesh and blood may be people may rise up against us. The devil may use people. Jesus actually said father and mother will come in conflict. Kingdoms will clash when one is a Christian and one is not. Children and parents will come into conflict. Kingdoms are clashing. Light and darkness will not blend together. And he said, your enemies will be they of your own household. Amen. Friend of mine, I want you to know that the devil uses people and he uses them effectively. But don't look at the person who's coming against you. Look at the one who is inspiring the person to come against you because our weapons is not with flesh and blood. They're not of this material world, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Listen, Ephesians 6.10, we wrestle not 
against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places and the rulers of the darkness of this world, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. And then the armor is listed. And then down before, at the end of the listing of the armor, it says, having done all, stand. Having done all, stand. And that word, having done all, means that we have put the armor on, and now we are, we are enabled to stand. Not give way to the devil, but stand our ground. Praise God. Having done all. Having overcome all. Because I'm going to tell you, you put on God's spiritual armor and you become invincible in spiritual warfare. I want to say that again. You put on God's spiritual armor and you become invincible in spiritual warfare. How can you say that? Because it's God's armor. It's not your resolve. Your will is involved, but it's His armor that is placed upon the believer. It's His righteousness. It's His truth. It's His word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the mighty sword of the Spirit. It's His shield that is impenetrable. The shield of faith. Glory to God that quenches all of the fiery darts of the wicked. Not some of them, not most of them, but every single one of them. Amen. Satan is desired to have you, Jesus told Peter. And when he said you, it was in the plural. It was Peter and the rest of the apostles. This was in the plural sense. And it has to do with us today. Satan had desired to have all of you. But listen to what Jesus said. But I have prayed for you. That's the power and place and the importance of intercession. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Why? Satan has desired to have you that he may destroy you, sift you as the wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when Christ intercedes for us. And when we, therefore, in turn, intercede for one another, and when we stand in the gap and make up the hedge for our nation and for the world, listen, power is released. Supernatural, spiritual power is released. Hallelujah. And then Jesus said, and not if you're converted, if you become another man, if you weather the storm, if you mature, if you stand your ground, if you overcome. No, he said, and when? Because Jesus prays in the perfect will of God and Jesus prays in perfect faith. Hallelujah. Listen, friend of mine, when thou art converted, reach out to your brethren. When you become victorious, when you become stable and steadfast in your faith, when you're no longer that doubting, vacillating man, but you're that man with a backbone of iron, glory to God, then you reach out to your brothers and you strengthen them. 
of all the the all of the apostles of Christ, who is the one he says is now going to be used to strengthen the rest of them? The one that denied him openly, the one that that shook his faith, shook on so many occasions, who allowed the devil to influence him without knowing it, said, "Be it far from thee." When Jesus spoke of being turned over to men and going to the cross, and he said, "Get thou behind me, Satan." The one that went to sleep. Amen. When Jesus asked him to watch with him as he went into the garden to pray. Listen, friend of mine, what God can do in our life if we will receive holy instructions from the Word of God, apply them to our life. Amen. We're going to grow up and we're going to grow strong and we're going to see who we are in Christ and who He is in us. And we're going to begin to stand our ground having done all stand and the next verse all of this about the adversary all this about the armor and now the arena of battle where this armor is implemented to overcome this adversary amen spiritual victory listen it all begins in the realm of the spirit the next verse says after we stand with our armor on Praying, praying, say it with me, praying, see, praying without ceasing, glory to God, praying for me, utilizing the power and privilege of prayer, glory to God. We've almost given up on revival. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, amen. But you see, the problem is we pray and the answer's delayed, and we interpret God's delay as God's denial, and we cease to pray. We pray, and time passes because we're not patient and persistent in prayer, and we assume that prayer really doesn't work all that well, and we cease praying. Amen. We prayed for this, and it didn't happen because, obviously, it wasn't God's will. And instead of continuing to pray and believe Him in other areas and seeking to discover His will, you know, the Bible said, whatever we ask in prayer believing, we shall receive. We shouldn't be questioning God. We should look at our own faith in Him. Amen. But if we ask anything according to His will, this is the confidence we have in Him. Amen. We He heareth us, and if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of Him. There's so many things that can cause us to cease praying, and the devil wants us to stop praying. Someone said Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on their knees. And that's why Paul said to all Christians, take the whole armor of God. You've got a formidable foe in the enemy, but you've got a great ally in Jesus. So put on the whole armor of God and having overcome all by virtue of having the victory that is ours through God's spiritual Penelope. Hallelujah. If I'm pronouncing that right, his covering, glory to God, his word, his shield, his breastplate. Hallelujah. His peace that passes all understanding, keeping our heart and our mind. And then 
entering into that battlefield where the victory is won or lost. And that is the arena of prayer. Praying for me and for all saints that utterance with all prayer, all manner of prayer and supplication. Hallelujah. That utterance may be given unto me. Pray for me that I can speak and and I can speak as an oracle of God and I can speak with the authority of God. I can speak with the anointing of God and that my words will penetrate the sin-hardened, sin-darkened heart. Hallelujah. The enemy who's blinding the mind is no longer going to be able to hold that mind in captivity. Amen. You see, this is a mighty spiritual weapon, and we need it now more than ever. Watch unto prayer. Alert, therefore, for the practice of prayer. Someone has said the times are desperate, but the church is not. And I like what A.W. Tozer said. He said, the fall of man has created a perpetual crisis. It will last until sin has been put down and Christ reigns over redeemed and restored world. Until that time, the earth remains a disaster area and its inhabitants live in a state, oh, friend of mine, in a state of extraordinary emergency. The times are desperate, but the church is not. Uh, you, you know, you call, if we have a, a nationally known Christian artist coming to sing, people fill up a building. If we have a nationally known speaker coming to speak, people fill up a building. If we call a prayer meeting, it's hard to get anyone to come out. That's because we do not pray without ceasing. We need to get prayer back in the place that it needs to be, the place of such high priority. Jesus himself, as as an example to us and in his own humanity, God was in flesh. It said he withdrew himself from them, his apostles and all of these people with all of these needs, and he went up into a mountain to pray and was there alone, and was there alone. Amen. To me, it's always been difficult to understand, as Christians, those who insist upon living in the crisis, as if no crisis existed. They are at ease while the world burns. Woe to those, the scripture said, listen, that are at ease in Zion. Prayerlessness is a sign of a church at ease, asleep at the wheel. And friend of mine, prayer is so vitally important in the end times. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. So many are giving up. So many are not just looking back. They're actually turning back. Amen. They're not remembering Lot's wife. We're not taking hold of the weaponry we need to defeat our enemy and to stay strong 
in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'm going to tell you, I'm easily defeated in and of myself. But I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Friend of mine, I pray, <laughs> amen, without ceasing. I'm, I'm, I, I want to pray even more. There's always room to, to grab more time out of our busyness to spend time in prayer. Amen. Prayer is called the great key to many uh, uh, scholars of Scripture. R.A. Torrey said, prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. All that God is and all that God has is at the disposal of prayer. Lord, have mercy. Have you got on your shouting shoes? If you got on shouting shoes, now's the time for the, to do the chicken dance. <laughs> if you don't know about that, that's a little personal thing between me and a, uh, Sister Dale, uh, you know who I'm talking to today. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to read that again. Prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. All that God is and all that God has is at the disposal of prayer. Glory to God. If that be true, and it certainly is, amen, then we need to put prayer back in the proper perspective and back in the proper place and priority in our life. Amen. We, we, you, you can do more than pray after you have prayed as a Christian, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about uh, these little, you know, little rehearsed prayers that you a child might pray. Th th this is no time for spiritual immaturity. This is a time to, to grow up in God and stand up in God and stand firm upon the Word of God. Hallelujah. And having done all to stand. You know, the Bible said to be still and know He's God. And to stand still and see the salvation of God. In that context, it's not about being saved. It's about being delivered. It's about a victory that has been granted because we are standing still, but standing strong. <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. And if we stand, having done all stand in prayer without ceasing, something is going to give something is going to happen. God is not going to back off when we pray according to His will. Amen. We're going to see. Well, let me just put it this way. Let me put it the way the Bible puts it in the New Covenant. It said God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we think or Ask according to the power that worketh in 
us. Now, that's not just the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit moving when we pray. Amen. You have not because we ask not because we do not utilize the power and privilege of prayer. And yet, because the end of all things is at hand, and we're moving into the last of the last days, and the perilous time is here, it's more vital and more important now that we pray than ever before. I want to go on on record as saying, I believe every Christian ought to vote for the best person they have to offer. Sometimes it's the lesser of two evils. I realize that. But we ought to vote. And we ought to vote for what we know is right, biblically, not politically right in the eyes of the world, but spiritually right in the eyes of God. We ought to be involved in that process or else the devil's crowd is going to win every single time. But we should never think that anyone that we put in office can be the answer, the ultimate answer. We should never make a president a savior of America. As if if that president isn't in office, there's no hope for America. Friend, there's no hope for America without Jesus being Lord once again over this land. There's no hope for this world without a mighty Holy Ghost revival. Amen. Just before Jesus comes. And I remember hearing someone say not too long ago, the church, the church, we trying to get people involved in to get out and vote and, and all they want to do is pray. A friend of mine, we need to get out and vote. But I'm going to tell you right now, the scripture is very clear on this issue. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will. Here's that power we're talking about. I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I am still holding out to see a God sent Holy Ghost devil chasing revival, soul saving revival. Hallelujah. Before the coming of Jesus Christ. I believe I believe that God is going to raise up men and women and, yes, boys and girls to pray and to intercede. And I believe it's through those prayers and those intercessions that we're going to see a shaking and we're going to see the kingdom of darkness begin to give way to the bright, beautiful powerful light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're going to see blind men see spiritually. Hallelujah. We're going to see the devil begin to have to pull his forces back as the force of our faith in God and the force of God's power is released through prayer. Glory to God. Friend of mine, I'm stirred today. If we're going to receive instructions in these end times because the end is at hand, one of those great instructions is to watch 
unto prayer. Hallelujah. Are you ready to get involved in this today? As God has instructed us. Amen. Listen. The scripture is very, very clear. The weapons of our, our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. This, friend, is talking about penetrating the darkness for the God of this world has blinded the minds of men to fluo is the Greek word to obscure with smoke to puff up with pride but through intercession the power of intercessory prayer we see the darkness penetrated Suddenly it's like a light bulb comes on and the sin-darkened mind and we see our lost condition. We see the need for a Savior and the mighty Holy Spirit shows us Jesus. And the preacher points us to Jesus. Hallelujah. And let the bride say come and let the Spirit say come and let the church say come and whosoever will let him come and drink of the river of life freely. Has a light come on in you today? I'm praying that it will. I'm praying that it has. Will you choose life over death? Eternal life over eternal death and darkness? Banishment and punishment? Has the blinders come off of your eyes? Will you come to Christ today? Will you not run from Him today? Will you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, repenting of your sin? Do that. Do it now while there is time. Because we're praying that many will come into the kingdom just before the King comes in Jesus' name.